So I tend to step back real early and let you just introduce yourself a little bit, a um, little bit of your background, and then I'll follow on from there. Okay, so um, Kate, Katie, I'm currently a senior lecturer at the University of Gloucestershire. So I head up um, academic course leader for the course uh, Masters in Sports Therapy, but I also teach on the undergraduate programme. And I've been teaching for... Uh, since 2003, I think, kind of wow. fell into teaching because initially when um, all I ever wanted to do um, was... Before that, it was um, from the age of 11, was to work for Swindon Town Football Club. Yeah. Um, so I don't know whether that's a that's a, a big goal, but that was yeah. my goal at the age of 11. So before that, I wanted to work for Disney, so I was going to draw Disney characters. Okay. Because um, my best, my background's kind of good arts and um, painting. But then my dad took me to the playoff final. Yeah. And the guy ran on the pitch. And I turned around to my dad and went, that's what I want to do. And it was just that instant. Really? Yeah. And so it was really weird. So ever since then, um, being a massive Swindon fan, like huge Swindon fan, I used to have one war decorated with Swindon Town posters, the other war decorated with um, Man United, um, used to watch... Serie A on Sunday mornings yeah. and um, you know Sunday le- Sunday football and then Monday um, Monday evening football and then that was all I ever wanted to do yeah it was really, really weird. wow there you go and you did it yeah so it was it was weird because when I went to university so um, initially uh, sports therapy wasn't around so I applied for physio and and I'm again not I'm not particularly um, people say I'm not I'm not particularly academic with regards to sciences and didn't do so well and. Um, found a place on the sports therapy um which fell into really that was at north london and they offered me a place and um it just seemed exactly what i was looking for because i i never really wanted to work in the nhs or you know or work in respiratory or neurology i always wanted to work in sport and um went on to the course and met a couple of my lecturers one of them professor graham smith um who used to um Run Lillishaw, he's been to the Olympics, wow. he's a childhood physio, he's also um, worked for Glasgow Rangers. And he turned around and he said, um, He goes, well, You're not working football. And I'm one of those people that um, if somebody says I can't do anything, I'll try as much as I can to try and do it. Yeah. So um, that's all I ever wanted to do. And then I signed my full time contract in 2010, I think, 2010. So I, I but, but I'd been at Swindon for about six years previous towards that. Doing so. bits and pieces. Bits and pieces, really. Yeah. So it was it was weird, really, because I graduated in 99 and then kind of got an office job because I, nobody knew who I was, nobody mm. knew what I was doing, I was trying to build. So graduated and then kind of worked in rugby um, and then worked county rugby and then got involved with the the Swindon Lynx, which are now the Wildcats, and then had fell in love with ice hockey. Yeah. I, I was just, it's an amazing sport and just amazing people. And then within about a year, I got the England job. And then I kind of, I was working full-time at Nationwide, doing nine to five. Then in the evenings, I'd run my clinic to try and build my name, and I was based at the Lynx Centre. And then on a Saturday, I'd get up and run the clinic. Then I'd go and do a rugby game, and then I'd go back straight and do the England ice hockey. Rugby. Uh, no, that was um, just county. So, I was, right. no, I used to work That's for Swindon. I was thinking it was ice hockey. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then on the Sunday, <laughs> I used to do the rugby, and I did that for about a couple of years. Wow. God, that's... So... It, that's the thing with with this sort of thing when it's fairly. I think in um, in terms of professional sport, when you talk about the backroom staff, it's coaching, and then there's like a sports science department. Yeah. But it's 
you were still working full time. Yeah. So um, I remember a similar a similar thing um, a story I think I've told before where I was um, I was talking back and forth with Middlesbrough. Yeah. Um, football club and the idea was to go in and move there in order to work for them in their sports science department so testing athletes and that kind of thing and um, all set I was ready to go and uh, they had four games left of the Premier League season they got relegated and the whole sports science department was gone Yeah, and it just seems that it's only at the very top level so my question every time is how does the teams get up and stay at the top level it, without that finance or without the structure they need to to, to do that and it's it's especially in sports like rugby ice hockey where there's probably less money yeah um it's got to be hard for you as a as a practitioner to be able to work a week then go and do that on a weekend or whatever and, and put the requisite study in that you need um y- yes but no because i'm in a fortunate position where i love what i do so i've I probably I've always been told I work too much, which has probably been the, probably been the right thing. But that's all I've ever known. So since I graduated, I've always, you know, known that it was never going to fall in my lap. So yeah. I'd always have to work really hard and extra hard to probably get into football because there weren't really any women working yeah. in football at the time. And um, I, I I enjoy what I do, and I now I'm in a position where I have a bit of everything yeah. and I I get up and I love what I do I get hugely excited um, I particularly like the the, the people that are, have got a specific time frame or an event or they've had you know they've got quite complex injuries and um, but but I never I I'm, I get t- I get tired like everybody does but I have regular breaks but I, I don't ever feel oh god I've got to go into work again yeah. in the evening which is yeah. which is very fortunate yeah it's a nice thing about this industry, I think. Isn't yeah, it? You definitely. tend not to feel that way. I no. don't feel that way. It's lovely. Um, so t- tell me a little bit about your time at, at Swindon. So as a, as a female going into the sport, how was that for you? Well, it was, it was different because I've worked under quite a few different managers. So I was, I was, I was at um, Swindon Supermarine and mm. through my work with Swindon Supermarine, I was at Supermarine for about four years, had an amazing four years, just amazing people. The team just, oh, we just have some right laughs. And then through the back of that, I um, asked to, was asked to do a game at the youth team. Um, and um, during the youth team game, we had a fracture. Oh, um, wow. Who it was actually a suspected fracture of a I think little player was or a big injury of a player now that's working that's play, still playing professionally. Oh wow! And um, and I, I you know the, the guy liked how I managed it, so I was given the youth team job and then went in the youth team, and then sort of worked with the academy and then just kind of hung around and I was really thirsty to kind of work for stuff. I've I've still got letters that I used to write Swindon Town when I was thirteen. Can I go for work experience? <laughs> when I go for work experience, <laughs> used to get cut down all the time. Yeah, and then. Um, <laughs> So, so I used to kind of be really thirsty about wanting to come in and be around people and um, used to watch Dick Mackey, you know, really yeah. lovely guy. And, um, you know, can I come and watch? Can I get involved? And and it was just slowly being around the club more and more. And then there was an injury to a player um, who I, I kind of ended up managing quite all right. And... Um, think that impressed or, or some of the people quite liked what I was doing. So I was asked to go on um, tour, uh, for, uh, the pre-season tour oh, cool. um, with Danny Wilson. Right. And so um, went away with the squad 
and then um, it's a good time to get involved with the club when he was there. Yeah, and he oh, he was brilliant. Mm. He really was, and and I used to. And he, was, he was just great. And then the, the the job came up, and I ended up going for it. And at the time, I I just got a position. I'd only been at the University of Gloucestershire for two years, so I'd gone from there from to London from London Met to to Gloucester and heading up a new program over there. And um, when the job offer came through for Swindon. It was a pay cut, but it, there was no there was no argument really. But I was, I was like, I don't want ever want to have oh, do you know what ifs? I want yeah. to have a lot of oh, what oh dear, oops. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. I've got I've got a lot of oops in my life, <laughs> but I don't have many what ifs. And so um, I gave the job up, and I remember going to my boss and I said, it's nothing about the university. I said, but I've I've got to do this, and um, and then had great time um, with the first team and. I, I, I can't. It, it's game day. Oh my yeah. god! Everything's worth game day. Yeah. I, I the away games are the best because we used to go up and we used to have this fitness coach, um, David Morrison, and they used to get on really well with the um, with Webby, one of the masters, and Steve, one of the masters. And we used to have such a laugh. And used to go up, and then there used to be the bus driver, and oh, oh sorry, I'm not allowed to call. Am I allowed to call him a bus driver? Um, coach driver, not bus driver. Okay. And um, <laughs> politics. And, yeah. <laughs> So he used to get really cross, not bus driver. <laughs> and um, we used to have, uh, we used to go up and then in the morning you'd get up for pre-match and you'd for breakfast and all of this backroom staff would get up really early. And then we'd have pre-match and then we'd go down, oh, sorry, breakfast and then go down to the ground. And then that is when we used to set up for the game. So you'd get to see the ground and yeah. it'd be early in the morning, but about 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock-ish. Empty. Empty. And the first thing I would do is, um, after setting my bit, is go onto the ground, um, onto the pitch and take a photo yeah. and send it through to my dad and say, yes. guess where I'm at today? Amazing. And then you go and have pre-match. And it's just the whole buzz of the day um, and just being around everything and the, the atmosphere and just the, the buzz. That's what, I, that's what I absolutely loved. And some of the games that I've done had yeah. kind of that buzz. You'd see, I suppose, yeah, you would have been there for playoff semi-finals and, and all that kind of stuff, would you not? Unfortunately not. So that was, um, so the playoff stuff was... De- can you well with them the league? Okay, yeah. yes, it was, yeah. yeah. And the Johnson's paint? Uh, that was... Was that him as well? Yeah, so right. that was towards the end. So, yeah, when Decanio came in, that was slightly different. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then kind of... Um, uh, yeah, so um, you didn't kind of go to that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's... What's the sort of... What would you say the best place you've you've been to... Um, to, to do what you do? What's, what's the best place you've done? It's got to be Old Trafford? I've done two, two big games. Yeah. Um, the first one, which is really weird, before the Old Trafford game, was when I graduated, my dad helped me write, um, <laughs> helped me write a letter to every single football club in all the divisions, including Scotland, asking oh, wow. for a job, for anything, <laughs> sending my CV off. And not a hoping child, I was 21. Yeah. But I thought I might as well. So I got three letters back. One was from Bristol Rovers um, asking me for a day of work experience, which I took up. Um, and another was from another club, which to say no, but, you know, they thank you. And then I got a phone call from Dundee. And um, it was really odd. I was in Asda at the time, and I got this phone call from Dundee. I said, hi, Kate, I've got your CV. We've, we don't have a physio at the moment. Would you like to come for an interview? And I was just like, yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, of not course. a problem, right? So I said to my dad, I've got an interview for Dundee Football Club. And um, Scottish Premiership, and um, and Ivano Bonetti was their manager at the time. So I then got another phone call. Kate, um, we kind of need you to this Saturday. Um, 
we kind of need you to come up this. I'm like, yeah, no, no, not a problem. Just thinking nothing of it. Then it was another phone call saying, well, we're, we're in Dine. We, we, can, you, can, you can you do our game for us? And I was like, yeah, yeah, not a problem. <laughs> so I was thinking, well, I don't know where I'm going, but I've just said yes anyway. Why not? And um, then oops, I got another, right? another, yeah, another oops. <laughs> and then I got another phone call, which was, um, you, can, you've got a bag and stuff. Um, we're, we're the game, you need to, you need to fly to um, Glasgow. We're playing Celtic. Wow. At Celtic. And I was like, oh. How's oh, your first day? Yeah, no, no problem. <laughs> so I remember, because I used to work with Ice Hockey at the time, we had a game on the, um, no, I think we had something going on on the Friday. It was in the old days. And um, you know when, when Gareth Endicott and Wayne Fiddes and, yeah. you know, it was brilliant, yeah. right? So, and I, I remember flying up and t- turning up at this hotel where I was kind of thrown a tracksuit by the interpreter of Ivano Bonetti and then put into this room where half was French, uh, Spanish and Italian and the other half was Sp- uh, Scotland. Yeah. And I, I hadn't got a clue what was going on. You can't understand anybody. <laughs> no, I'd only bought football boots the, ne- the day before. I didn't have any. I had one of these like, pair of Zoom Airs, right? Yeah. Nike Air, Zoom Airs, whatever. And um, I remember going up to this ground and, and Celtic's just formidable yeah. and they just kind of throw things at and we're going through and I'm thinking I haven't got a clue what I'm doing this is my first game football pitch side that's crazy and then <laughs> we turned up at the ground and it was when Martin O'Neill was manager manager and um uh I remember sat on the bench at this, it was 60,000 people, which just seems really weird. Like it never happened, but it did happen. And uh, I'm thinking, please don't go down, please don't go down. And it was like two minutes towards the end, and the guy put his hand up. I thought, oh my God, I'm going to have to go down, I have to run on. And I legged it across the pitch, and the guy was just knackered. He didn't even, oh, there was really? nothing wrong with him, right? So I was basically going, all right, okay, let's do it. As I walked off to the side of the pitch, and I walked round, I was just abused. You really? should, yeah, you should be in football, you should be in netball. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. So I walked round, and then halfway round, the guy must have thought I was on the crowd, because he asked me to go and sit down, and I said, no, no, no. I said, I'm sat on the bench. I said, I'm with Dundee. <laughs> <laughs> so I walked round to the side, and it was into the game. And then they, um, we went back to Dundee, and then they put me this in this hotel, and they went, you stay here all week, um, you, you treat. And I was thinking, I rang mum and dad up and I, I just went, look, I'm, I said, this is a bit too much above me. I said, I'm, I'm 21, I said, I'm a bit at my depth, great experience. Um, and then flew back the following day and um, they picked me up and took me to the Chelmsford Swinton Ice Hockey yeah, game where brilliant. I was on the bench. <laughs> More comfortable, confined. Yeah, I just wow. wasn't ready, just wasn't ready. Um, and then, obviously, then, yeah, later on, I, I began to be a bit more ready to work in yeah. sport. That's mad. <laughs> That's absolutely <laughs> mad. But I suppose, it, and I, so I asked about, as a female, going because it, it's, it's got to be an uncomfortable thing at first if people aren't, you know, you've got to be treating people, and if they're used to just lads banter, it's completely different. Have you just got to blend into that? Do you have to step up to that? Yeah, working with rugby yeah, has helped. Um, <laughs> I yeah, I've worked with several teams, and there's one team I've worked with for many, many years, um, Guy, group of guys that I absolutely adore, um, but the b- banter, yeah, I can, I can have it. I've, I've seen and seen most things, yeah. and heard most things, um, so nothing embarrasses me anymore. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, the times I've been in sport now, it doesn't make any, it doesn't really, doesn't make a difference. Good. And most of the time, is they almost go, oh, "Sorry, Kate, I forgot you're there. You're, yeah. you're just like one of the lads." Yes. And that's how I prefer to be. Um, so that's that. 
that's a good thing. Yeah, like a bunch of big brothers. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I, I actually really like it. I like the working in male sport, and this is nothing against female sport or anything, but what I like about it is that, well, you've annoyed me. Well, you've annoyed me. Well, why have you annoyed me? And then you, you have it out, and then it's done dusted. Yeah. And that's what I like. It's that, that ability to just be quite open and honest. And, um, yeah, you do have a laugh, and I tell you what, yeah, changing rooms are hilarious. They really are. They really are. I wouldn't the, want to tell many stories, but I they're bet. hilarious. Sure, it's, it's weird. I was listening to a podcast yesterday on American sport, and the NBA at the moment is in their playoffs, and it's a big deal. And the argument back and forth was whether like reporters and whatnot should go into um, locker rooms. Yeah. And it's like players get out of the shower, and they're in a towel, and they go back to their locker, and it's surrounded by reporters trying yeah. to get quotes and whatever. And my thought playing sport it's that's the sanctuary that's where you're supposed to be able to just relax and talk back and forth to your teammates or whatever so it's i'm with you on that it, like locker room stories that should be locker room it yeah, shouldn't it should be, be open forum so it's um american sports is completely different i suppose but yeah. it's yeah interesting um so it uh, one question off of that how magic is the sponge because <laughs> i've never known <laughs> supposed to be right <laughs> yeah it's meant to be I, do you know what this is and this shows my age but when i first started there was a bucket and sponge yeah yeah <laughs> people not me i never had a bucket and sponge but i i've been at games when people had bucket and sponges yeah yeah that's amazing that's that was always the thing bloke runs on yeah. magic sponge and it's always For everything like, yeah absolutely a yeah. leg break yeah. magic sponge. Yeah. multiple blood injuries yeah. magic sponge yeah totally you must have seen some pretty horrendous things in on the pitch uh, I have seen. I have seen some. I've had to deal with some horrible stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not. Um, you get quite shaken up after them. I've seen kind of um, like dislocations that don't relocate, don't go back in, and um, the ones that really scare me are the the lying on their front, not breathing, and Ye- suspected neck. Yes, so I've had quite a few of those in rugby. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. That's, yeah. um, it's, uh, Nathan was in recently and he yeah. was telling me about, um, did you know he, he had a head injury recently? No. So it's the second time at, at Portsmouth. So he had, um, he had a, co- a concussion, um, really early when he first joined there where I think he went up for a, 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 a header, got almost undercut and then landed on his head yeah. on the, on the ground. Um, it's surprising how hard a football pitch is, but that, that he was out for a couple of weeks there. Um, but he actually, he had a head collision recently, um, and he had a couple of teeth, um, cracked and you couldn't see at all until, cause it was, um, he had his mouth closed. So the physics, he said to me, I, I didn't, I was there and I didn't see anything. It looked like he'd sort of bumped heads and they were bringing him off cause he was groggy. And he, um, he said, I asked him afterwards and he said, I knew it was pretty bad when the physio opened my mouth and went, oh. So he said, you never want to hear that from your no. physio. <laughs> no, you don't. only want to hear, everything's fine, everything's lovely, let's just get you off, <laughs> as yeah. opposed to, oh. So he said, it wasn't, it wasn't a, great, a great response. That made me start to panic a little bit. Um, but yeah, so he was in yesterday talking um, about his time at Portsmouth and how well they're doing and, and that kind of thing. Um, so you worked with him quite a bit at Swindon, did you not? Yeah, I've known Nathan since he was nine. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, you were probably in a youth, he was a youth team or whatever yeah. when you first, that's incredible. Yeah, cracking lad. He's a great boy, yeah, yeah just, I love him. Just um, a, a pure professional, lovely family. Yes. Um, and he is, 
it's he's a it's a he's a professional athlete. He's yeah. he's an absolute yeah, you know, lovely. And I and I, you know, it's fantastic. He's doing so well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said to me um, about being at, when he was at Swindon, and he said because uh, I asked him, is it, it sound, does it sound strange when you say, oh, we've got you know some of the younger players? Does that sound strange to you at this point in your career? And he said. Um, kind of but also not because I was saying younger players when I was at Swindon at 24 or whatever because yeah. um, he's always been an elder statesman he's always yeah, he been has. a leader and um, which is great so and he speaks super highly of you and he was like you've got to get Kate in here for sure so, uh, so yeah, and Luke said the same thing so uh, <laughs> so far not disappointed which is good so um, in terms of, of I've moved on to Luke in terms of your relationship with him um, how how frequently do you see him? What kind of role? Because we obviously work together, me and yeah. you, in, in terms of doing this programming and whatnot. Um, so for those that don't know, Luke's got like a four-person team, um, a five-person team. Yeah. And um, there's sports science involved. There's two trainers involved, Kate for sports therapy, and then Paddy as a coach, as a skill coach um, and manager. So tends to be we call you mother hen of the group um what you say goes but you tend to patch him up and send him back to us to do what we need to do but what what sort of how would you characterize your role with him um i kind of i suppose i, I how i see myself because i do it with quite a few athletes i see i i'm the bit that sees i should be the one that is not just blinkered by what i do but i need to see the whole picture so if I just go in there and just treat whatever might be sore or just do some regular maintenance work on him, then I might be missing something that he either um, we could be enhancing a little bit better or maybe I should be doing my job better or it's just from a communication point of view. So what I like to do is, is find out basically his whole schedule and oversee... I'll have a look at everything and I what I really enjoy with working with you guys is that it's it's a, everybody's got a really important role and we all work together so it's not almost we're not fighting with each other mm. it's a really nice team yeah. and even when we sit there in in meetings it, it, you know I, as I say it's like with a with an athlete that you're working with they shouldn't be worried about anything else apart from getting up and doing what they do. So all the background stuff, like what time should they meet, what time's their training, what should they be doing in their training, that shouldn't be anything to do with them. No. It's like when you go, and I used to work with athletes, and when we used to travel away, when I used to go away with England or with football, um, that the shouldn't have anything to worry about because that should be our jobs. It's not about us, it's the athletes. Absolutely. And so um, what I love about Luke is, one, he's an absolute joy to work with. I yeah. He's such a great guy. Yeah. It really, really is. Very unique as oh, well. Oh, he's just, yeah, he's just, oh, he's just wonderful. Yeah. He, I could just, like, cuddle him. Um, <laughs> and then he's just, um, like, it's just his, um, and, and then it's kind of looking what, what his strengths are. So I might screen him, then I might link that within some stuff that you guys have been doing or sports science support have been doing. And then we kind of, and then you link with what Paddy, well, where, where does Paddy think that's lacking? And then we improve from there. Mm. Um, so I could be doing just maintenance work with him or something might come in that I have to flag to somebody else. Um, and then that's important that we kind of regularly communicate, I think. Yeah, that's always a tough bit. Because yeah. obviously everyone's, it's not a team fully employed by Luke. So yeah, it's, exactly. it's a tough thing to kind of make sure that everyone's on the same page. And, you know, it might, I see him twice a week, Steve sees him twice a week. So to be, a, be able to, 
to not overlap in your training. Yeah. That's that, that's the biggest challenge for me is is doing that. So I can go right. We're going to do this today. So well, I did that. I did it yesterday with Steve. Yeah, exactly. So not overlapping too much with things. Um, but certainly he's he's incredible to work with. But there is challenges that yes. we have to face based on whether it's just simply fatigue because he does so much, um, whether it's tiredness in terms of just physically, he, he not physically, mentally. It's, it's, it's monotonous, yeah. I think, training camp at times. Um, and people will see the Instagram posts and everything's throwing balls against the wall and it's super high octane, but it's not all that. Yeah. So a lot of it is him just resting, you know, just gathering himself before getting warmed up or whatever. Um, but that's the biggest challenge, I think, for all of us is the communication side because we're all busy. Yeah. Um, but we were saying off air before we started that that cannot get in the way of him. He's no. the most important thing here. And, you know, and the proof's in the pudding every time we step in a ring. We can do nothing. He's the most important thing in, the, in there. So it's um, but it's such you, it's such a thrill to be there when he's fighting it's such like i still get super nervous for it but it's such a thrill to be there mm. you you've been to only one right yeah i went to one i think the other times every time it always has something on that i'm yeah. about to go away yeah <laughs> um so i've got a conference tomorrow but i'm coming back for the fight anyway um and yeah oh yeah it was i, I get really nervous yeah i remember talking to you at the last one yeah and, really nervous uh, yeah just be like, oh god, he looks huge. Like, I looks massive. <laughs> yeah, which, don't tell me. Yeah. Yeah, keep, yeah, well, he did. He keep, was just keep it quiet. Yeah, I mean, he was a big boy, wasn't he? Very, it's just, yeah, very. Um, and the fact is that you, it, that's not that's not any doubt on, you know, what Luke can like, what Luke can do. But it's just like, oh god, because it just suddenly hits home. Yes. The phys- the fact, the physicality of it. You don't really see it on TV ring. either. I don't no, think. you don't. No, you don't. And 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 you know and. I, I did a bit for charity just for a lot and that is and I just think I, I hats down to these oh. lads that go in a ring yeah I wouldn't do it not a chance no like even if it like people have said about the white collar thing and I, I quite like I did for a while I did a little bit of like um, jujitsu and I did a little bit of boxing on the pads and you know every time you do that people go oh when are you booking a, a white collar yeah, absolutely not like there's no there's no way I, I go in there and I, I do the corner for Danny when he does it and it's nah, it's not for me. See, I did it. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> but the, we raised our group raised um, quite a few million for for chari- charity. I, I think I raised I think I raised about a thousand I think or something. And I had two tables and I did it because a friend of mine did it and I just thought. Oh, do you know what? Get out of your comfort zone, Kate, every now and then. It's worthwhile. Yeah. And I like to learn different sports. I'm not good at any sport, but I like to learn different sports to work with different people. Yeah. Because once you understand more about the sport, it helps you understand how to get that person. Yeah, for sure. And so um, I did it. And I remember turning up and I trained loads and I had some great people that helped me. And then about a month to my fight, I kept having this recurring dream that I was going to get knocked out. <laughs> And I'm just going to look like a right idiot. And, yeah. and it was a battle. I had no problems being hit. Yeah. Where I had the problem was hitting somebody. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Massive hit. So I think the, the, my mate Stacey, she was like, Kate, we need to go out for a beer. And I said, all right then. So went out for a beer. And then after that, it was just whew, a bit of a breather. And then the night of the fight, um, I had two, I had tables and then a load of my rugby lads came and watched. And um, I remember coming out um, to one of my favourite songs, which is Linkin Park, Jay-Z, the, the that. numb yes. song. And then I stood in the middle of the ring and she delayed. 
And that that morning, one of the girls says, yeah, you know, she really wants to win. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to get knocked out in front of all my friends. Let's remember this is yeah. charity. <laughs> yes, but please. Because there had been people knocked out. Yeah. And um, I remember coming out, and then she came out to smack my up. Yeah. Right? And I'm thinking, oh, God, right? And um, as soon as the fight happened, they were, all my friends were shouting, and then I won. Yeah. And I came out, and it was the biggest thrill because... Um, <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not very aggressive anyway. But it was just to see whether mentality-wise, um, I could do it. And the next morning, I woke up like I'd done six rounds with really? my. T- yeah, I was so battered. Yeah. I had a bruise on my chest. I had a little bruise on my face, and yeah. So, it did you? How did it feel when you when the bell goes? Did you flip a little bit? Did you start to, or were you still a little tentative? Was it still very much, sort of, softly, softly, or did you? I should have knocked her out, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> there was a couple of times I should have done. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, do, I was a bit... I was nervous. I did lose it in the second round, and then I got an absolute rollicking. <laughs> and then um, it was kind of went back in, and then it was the whole... It was just people shouting. Yeah. It's like, KD, which was really cool. Love that. But um, it, was just, it was just nice to do something t- to see out of your comfort yes. zone how you could be but also to to know what it's like from a I mean I, again I'd only been doing it for a couple of months but from a stance point of view yeah. where where the power is meant to come from yeah. I wouldn't have got so that I, helps you with what you're trying to test on Luke now I guess as well isn't yeah one. actually if that hip's not working as it should work or whatever yeah then that's just going to impede power production all that kind of stuff definitely it's um it fascinates me knowing like Nathan and Luke like I do um and 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 Craig, um, do you know Craig? Um, Craig is an MMA fighter. He's a pro MMA fighter, um, and he works with me as well. Yeah. And um, it's they're all such nice lads. Yeah. Like, and obviously Nathan plays football. It's 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 diff- It's not a fight sport. However, him on the pitch is completely oh, yeah, different. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. So it's it's amazing how they can come off the pitch and be nicey nicey. And you would never, I wouldn't say that Craig or Luke were fighters. Like, if I just met them, yeah. like, yeah, I know them, so I know that's what they do, but they seem so chilled out, and maybe, you know, they get rid of all that aggression, they don't have that in them, because they go to the gym, and they work it out, so I, I don't know, but it's, um, they, they're so, such nice lads, all three of them, um, yeah, on the field of play, it's completely different, isn't it? So. Well, yeah, it's the same with rugby, I suppose, with the, my lug, the rugby lads that have it, they they play for rugby to, to get rid of some aggression, and, yeah. and, you know, I trust all of them absolutely, completely, but, you know, on the rugby pitch, oh my good God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> We've said a few things. Absolutely. So, so I, I can, I can, um, do this podcast and not ask you about the Old Trafford, um, Uni- it's UNICEF game, wasn't it? Yeah, the UNICEF How did, game. A, how did that come about? Um, so I've, so you, you get to know various people and, um, I worked through some work with Supermarine and I got to know, um, Dave Slattery and then Steve and then yep. I got a phone call it was I, I remember it's clear as day because it was five half past five and I was sat with Stace and I got this phone call through from Steve and I've always been one of those people that's um if somebody asks you something or would you mind how, I, I I say yes and then you ask and then you figure out what it is afterwards yeah, the um because you just there's just no point you don't base it on you just go yeah yeah brilliant so I remember this, <laughs> this phone call hi Kate oh, hi yeah how are you and you know and would you would you mind helping me out a game and I just went yeah you're not a problem and I said when's this game gonna be and he said 15th of November and I got hold of my diary there and then I was scrolling out pages and I was like <laughs> yeah I'm there and I said oh you know wh- where where is it and then he went oh Trafford and I was 
oh, okay. <laughs> and Stacey's there going, what's going on, what's going on? And then, um, and he said to me, yeah, he goes, um, you know, um, uh, I'd like you to look after the rest of the world, you know, um, Carlo Ancelotti and Zinedine Zidane. <laughs> That's the point I just went, oh, right, okay. And he said, yeah, it's the David Beckham UNICEF game. And I was like, great. And he said, right, okay, well, we, we've got loads of us to sort out, so we'll be in touch and put the phone down. And I just went, and I didn't even know whether it just happened. And you, you know when you... I'd always wanted to work for Swindon Town. Yeah. And then if it, then everything else I've done in my career, and I've been very lucky to have been to, and worked with some amazing people. And um, when somebody says that, and I remember ringing my dad, I'm like, he said, what are you doing now? What are you doing now? What are you going to tell me? And I said, I said I've just been asked to work with Zinna Zinna. <laughs> and to me, like, like Zinna, like Zinna, yeah, oh my God, Zinna Zinna. And, um, I just went, all right, okay. So I went into work and I, I told the girls, to, to a couple of the girls from work and they were just, and I said, wow, yes, I think so. And then I got another phone call. I said, don't forget to bring your boots, Kate, in a bag. I said, not a problem. So, um, and he said, oh, have you sorted out somewhere to stay? I said, yeah, yeah. I said, I, I didn't want to come up the next day, so I just put myself a hotel. So I got told to meet at this hotel. <laughs> and I remember walking through this hotel door and there was a lady sat in the thing and she said, listen, can I help you? And I said, yeah. I said, um, well, Kate Cady, I said, um, I'm here to look after the rest of the world. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. And she was like... Mother <laughs> Teresa <laughs> moment. Like. She, she was like, all right. And I said, um, she was going to take a seat. So as I sat down, I'm like texting my mum and dad and I'm so nervous. And um, next minute, you know, and Nikki Butt just walks through the door. Yeah. And then um, Peligi, the... Yeah. yeah, so yeah. The, and I'm just saying, I think I've just seen Peligi just walk up the stairs. So um, it sat there and then they said, oh, Kate, can you go on up? And I went into the breakfast room and just started walking past all these famous faces. And there was comedians sat and they were all in this massive hotel, this five-star hotel. Sat down for lunch in front of Alan Smith, who used to play for Leeds. Yeah. Oh, hi, how are you? And I was like, sat and have breakfast. <laughs> and then we got taken to this room where I met the um, Shepherd Wednesday physio, a really nice guy, and then the Shepherd Wednesday um, doctor. And, we were just having that. and then I got given this bag, this branded kit, and I was like, oh, I'm to put it all on. Yeah. I was like, well, it's exciting. And then, um, then one of the guys come in and goes, oh, yeah, I've just got to go and sort David out. And, if you, you know, Victoria was walking down the stairs, and I'm thinking, am I in this place? It's ridiculous. Yeah, what and then story. I was like, whoa. And then we, so we got into this, this van, so I said, right, and I'd know, I knew the list, so I knew who I was going to see. And obviously we didn't see Zidane because of the Paris attack. Yeah. So I turned up at Old Trafford. And I, since I was 11, I've been a Man United fan and had been because when I was 11, you just picked that sort of team yeah. and followed them through. And I, I loved Ryan Giggs. And, um, and the 92, 93 kind of era of the football, that was amazing. Yeah. They were just brilliant. So we turn up and I go into the room and I just I just thought, okay, oh, you're at work, just just get on with it. So I started setting up, but of course you're wandering around and you're like, Ronaldinho shirts there, oh. and then you've got Zidane's boots, like he's got these boots, everything, and then and then I go into a little room. They take me into a little room, and I've got all the kits stacked up for me like they used to do for all the players. So we go in there and then there's all these. Um, like all the kit and I had, you know, had a look and this, that and the other. And then they, then they said to me, right, we're going to go back for pre-match. You come in, Kate? And I was like, I said, you don't get to often spend a day at Old Trafford. Do you mind if I stay? Yeah. I said, I, you know, I, I, I don't need to have pre-match. I'll stay. Yeah. So I stayed with the kit men who used to work with um, 
who'd been there for years um, with Ferguson and stuff. And um, the guys, one of the security guys, took me all around, and I sat in Alex Ferguson's seat and just had a wander around in all the all the ballrooms and stuff. And then I had hot dogs with the kit men. Amazing. Yeah, just because I was like, oh, well, why would I not spend the day here? Yeah. It was just like brilliant. And then um, it was really weird. So that the, the, the first team came in at the the England, so Great Britain. And Ireland came in first. And, of course, the first minute was Beckham. So we're going around, and I'm going around the front, and he just walks through it, and I'm thinking, oh, God, this David Beckham. So he walks in, and the next minute is star after star. So um, I then walk back to my changing room, and David Beckham walks past, and he just and he shakes my hand. He goes, "You all right?" And I went, "Yeah, yeah, fine." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." Right. So then it, it, it's about one o'clock, and all the uh, they all started coming in, and I was working with the man, like one of the Man United masters, and he said, "You all right, Kate?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Come on, Kate. It's just work. All these are they're just people because yeah. they are just people." Yeah. And I went, "Get back in. This is this is silly." So basically, what I did was. Um, I thought, I'm looking after him. This is what I'm here for. I've got to run pitch side. I've got to treat, you know, treat if I need to. So I went around every single player introducing myself. So I was just like, hello, Van der Sar. How are you? My name's Kate. And hello, Ronaldinho. And Ronaldinho can't really speak much English anyway. He's just kind of like this. Best smile yeah. in the world. Oh, He's... <laughs> total legend. Yes. And um, I went around and then Louis Figo, um, yeah. FIFA World Player of the Year, yeah. part of Real Madrid, you know, Galacticos, kind of, whoa. And... Um, and then I just thought, oh, they're probably not going to ask me for anything. Were you praying for an injury? Well, <laughs> just, <laughs> just to say that I touched one of them. Yeah. So I introduced myself to all of them. And then um, uh, Ancelotti reads out the game and I introduced myself to him. And then suddenly they ask me for stuff. And Figo goes to me, he goes, Kate, get, 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 can, you, can you take my ankles? And I'm thinking, it's Louis Figo. It's like worth millions. And um, yeah, so take his ankles. And then it was, it was just great. And then um, oh, this is most because this is probably a Cadyism because I do lots of these. But I walk out and the, the fitness, we were walking out ready to go to the tunnel. And the, um, the doctor, the, one of the, fit, the, the fitness coach is Dr. Oh, I can't remember his name now. Um, but he is like kind of been at Man United for ages. He's published a few papers. He kind of knows his stuff, like fitness coach. So I see him, and I turn around and go, oh, God, how are you? You know, I've, you know, I've been really excited to meet you. Didn't even realise he was stood next to Alex Ferguson. Oh, my God. So I've completely <laughs> blanked, blanked Sir Alex yeah, Ferguson. could you give us a minute? Yeah. <laughs> to talk to this fitness guy. And then Sir Alex goes, um, he goes, oh, yeah, I didn't realise this, isn't, you know, in the presence of such a legend. And I went, oh, sorry, Sir Alex. Oh, really great to meet you uh, like this. So I was thinking, oh, yeah, nice one, Kate. Yeah, and then, well, I, then I do another one where we go out and um, uh, Pochatelli is singing. Yeah. Yeah. Stand right in front of Botticelli until I oh get cake. I'm thinking, oh, dick. So, so, yeah, but it was good. And then sat on the bench and then um, did have to run out. Um, Who for? It was Louis Figure. Was it? Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And it was, was it a bad bad tape job, was it? Or? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's a bit of a knot, but it, it was brilliant. And then as we went in, um, Kind of, we stayed around, and I had loads of photos. So I've got photos taken with everybody, and had my photos taken with Beckham. And then I had, I bought a Real Madrid um, shirt that I got yeah. Beckham and Figo to sign, which now framed. So I've got that. Yeah. And then afterwards, it was like, Kate, Kate, you you come in for dinner, and I was thinking, yeah, okay. So we went went for dinner, so I had dinner with them, and then um, I was invited to the after party. Oh. So I went into the after party. Wow. Yeah, which was interesting. So um, uh, you know, there was quite a lot. But to me, I'm. 
I, I, I just sat, we um, sat there with a couple of friends. We were sat in a booth and we just watched and yeah. we were just so busy having a chat. Just taking it in. Yeah, I'm just not... I, it, it would be comfortable to go in and like speak to them and, yeah. and stuff, and it's their night. And yeah, of course. Um, and they probably don't get a lot of chance to actually see each other in that capacity anymore. Yeah. So most of them played together at some point, but don't really get a chance now, I guess. Um, it's it's you know one thing with with Beckham. I met Beckham. Yeah. Um, it was ten, twelve years ago um, at a football writers' dinner, and it's the only time as an adult I ever remember being like shook. Like I was like, that's Beckham. And he wandered past and I couldn't quite understand. I was there to see him for this dinner. Yeah. And yet I couldn't quite fathom that he was there. It was really a strange feeling. But he's lovely. Yeah, he's he is. Yeah. Really, and he, I think he understands his, um, his stature. Yeah. So he probably. knows that you're probably never going to get to see him again. So he will take the time to sign an autograph or whatever, my photos or whatever it might be. Um, what an unreal experience that must have been for you. Oh, it's brilliant. He, he, he did. He thanked me. He thanked yeah. me for he thanked me helping out. And I said, it's not a problem. Yeah. Um, but so it's, in a way, do you, know, do you know what was more? I was, I was also really excited by um, meeting Ronaldinho. Yes. His feet are just... Are they a mess? No, it's just the fact that he can just... <laughs> his feet playing football yeah. are just... Oh, he's uh, a wizard. Yeah, he's and he wizard. was... Sat, I've got a really good photo of me sat in between him and Patrick Clivert. Oh, wow. Who I also yeah. thought was wonderful. Yeah. And then, oh, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah. I hope I say it wrong. But um, he's six foot... One right is now, it? yes, I know. So get this. This is what I do. I'm treating, and come to the change room, and he comes up and he asks for me something. And I said to him, I said, "Oh, I said I didn't realise you were this tall in person." I said, "You only look about five foot eight on telly." Oh God! And he said to me, "He said to me, because yeah, everybody says that to me. Yeah, he's about six, six wow. foot, six foot one." I never would have said no, that. No, baby face assassin. Yeah. But tall. There you go. Yeah, and then I tell him. Yeah, yeah. Just let him know, just in case you didn't know. Yeah, so I tell him. Yeah. But Ronaldinho, though, like, I, it doesn't matter. I don't think it matters what club you follow. Mm. Everybody loves him. Yeah. Like, and he's always been the same way, whether it's just the fact that he's, he genuinely seems to enjoy playing. And I think he still plays now. He's. Yeah, I think he does. Somewhere. Yeah, I think quite a few, a few of, I mean, I'm, I, when I go into change rooms, I'm, it's not like I'm looking, right? You just, um, I, I've been in so many change rooms that you just get used to kind of, you know, just doing your job. You're not there to look, but some of them are incredible shape. Are they? Yeah, like incredible shape. Um, and so they look after themselves. And, and do you know what was nice is they didn't um, seem bothered about me being there. They, there was no issues with me. I mean, you know, I, I, I can go in changing rooms and kind of clear things up and spend a lot of time looking at the floor. Yeah. I, I'm quite, I'm quite <laughs> You're probably more it. embarrassed than they are, I would have thought at this yeah. point. They've seen so many people wandering and out. Um, did on replay in that game? No. No. I think he could still play now. He looks like he could still play now. Yeah, he's, he's in good still in shape great well, shape. Yeah, some um, of them aren't. Are they not? No, <laughs> no. Some, no, some of them aren't. I think I saw um, Andy Cole, but I think there's, there's he's had a cut for history of stuff. Oh, right. But I tell you, what I did thing was um, not oh, Fra- somebody Francis that used to play for QPR. Oh, I've forgotten his name, but uh, he used to be back in the. Those sort of days, he was a great player. After I remember his name, I can't remember his name, but he was a good player as well. Yeah. And I told him that, I think. <laughs> Look, no one's ever going to get tired of you telling them they were a great player. Like, never. No. <laughs> and, and you said about Kalina, right? The goalkeeper, the uh, uh, ref. Yes. 
and again, everybody loves him too. And I was buzzing it. He was reffing that because they just. I think he got to a point where they said you can't ref anymore because you're too old. Yeah, great. Ref. So you get past a certain age, no matter what your judgment is still like, that's it. You're done. Yeah. And I saw he was the world's best, like a bar none. He was ama- amazing. Um, World Cup finals and whatnot. So, um, God, Kate, I, I'm looking at the time here, and I've got to get you out of here because I know you've got to go. Um, but it's been fantastic to sit and talk to you. I've absolutely loved it. Great stories.